Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. I'm Michelle Martin. Singaporeans with funds in Binance International have until Tuesday, October 26, to withdraw their funds and store it in an MAS-approved exchange. A couple of weeks ago, Binance.com made headlines here in Singapore because it was ordered by the Monetary Authority of Singapore to cease providing payment services here. A week after, DBS Vickers and the Independent Reserve, both cryptocurrency exchanges in their own right, were granted licenses by the MAS. So why did DBS get the green light while Binance.com got the red light? It's a good question, and Yahoo has a great article about this that is worth reading. I'm going to put that question to our guest, Krishna Ramachandra, Managing Director for Dwayne Morris Selvam LLC, Senior Advisor to the Global Blockchain Foundation, and Chairman of the Helix Initiative. Good morning, Krishna. Good morning, Michelle. So what is your reading behind crypto exchanges that have been greenlit versus those who haven't here in Singapore? Binance is the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange by trading volume. Clearly, they're regular regulatory requirements to be met. Help us understand what they are and how they apply to exchanges seeking users here in Singapore. Well, you know, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, the DBS Vickers and Independent Reserve. I think, you know, if you were to look at the background for both of those organizations, I mean, I certainly know the uh, the latter, uh, given that I represented them. You know, they were very well set up and they have had the track record of um, handling these uh, crypto transactions. Certainly, Independent Reserve had. And, and you know, having the, the checks and balances, uh, certainly the KYC and uh, AML procedures for onboarding clients, making sure that they are um, pretty robust in terms of their, uh, their firewalls as well as their, their cybersecurity uh, uh, policies. Um, so, you know, these are, these are considerations which um, the MAS had, uh, had looked into. And I, and I think we should not lose sight of that. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think if, if you know, the, the article at, in, in Yahoo Finance seemed to suggest that uh, there was some level of um, um, advantage, if you like, uh, for, the, for the incumbents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it's, um, it, it's, a far, it's far deeper than that because, you know, we are dealing with a, uh, a, a pretty delicate situation with regulations uh, coming through. Uh, you, the, uh, the Payment Services Act in particular, mm-hmm. uh, through which these uh, entities were uh, licensed, uh, you know, requires basically a lot of um, uh, internal controls to be put in place. Um, obviously, um, having the uh, money laundering and uh, uh, terrorism financing as, uh, as an important um, uh, lookout and, and, and to put entities on watch lists if they, if they try and get onboarded. Um, these are some of the concerns that they had, and obviously also interoperability of, um, of, of the various uh, digital tokens, payment tokens that, uh, that come through the, uh, these platforms. So there are, there are the multiple, uh, if you like, purposes which, which the MES uh, had, had tried to achieve uh, and want to achieve through the, uh, the PSA, the, the Payment Services Act. And it... Not all the uh, not all the actors on the stage, if you like, um, certainly all the exchanges that have uh, set up over the years and and have been operating, uh, but in an unlicensed uh, fashion, not all of them actually have the, uh, the the prerequisites because it is quite a uh, 
a, a tough uh, and vigorous uh, process to, to get through. Hmm, interesting um, to, to hear that you represented the independent reserve. I may not be familiar with many listeners. So I think when it comes to picking an exchange, go to coinmarketcap.com and then look at the top three exchanges and, you know, try to look for the exchanges that provide the cheapest fees for them. But some background for the independent exchange. It was launched in October 2013, uh, launched here in Singapore in January 2020, and describes itself as a pro-regulation exchange with a focus on trust and security. So given that we've seen the green light for it as well as mm. DBS Vickers. Do you think uh, we're at all, could this be a sign that things are, you know, changing somewhat in terms of regulatory outlook? Yeah, I, I think it will always be the case where, I mean, you know, I liken it almost as if, uh, you know, it's a school principal having to choose from two groups of uh, students, right? Mm-hmm. He's got his prefects who have, who, whom he's very familiar with or she's familiar with. And then you've got the uh the naughty students, if you like, and uh, and having to then get a bunch of them to represent the school, um, you know, there's going to be a case of having to mix it around a bit. Mm. And so I think they've achieved it with um, with, with DBS Vickers as well as uh, Independent Reserve. Um, and you'll see a lot more uh, coming through. In fact, there were there were a few others who were also uh, uh, listed in the first wave of uh, uh, applicants who had made the grade. So I, I believe it's uh, it's just a case of uh, now having uh, the cookie cutter set in terms of the the very basic requirements, and then layering on the additional uh, features that an exchange would have. Because I think that there's going to be a war between exchanges in terms of attracting, as you were just describing on Coin Market Watch, right? Mm-hmm. Which exchange do you actually go to? Mm. And it, it can't simply just be because of the fees. It, it has to also be on the the user interface uh, and you know how long they've been also in existence and you know have they got a good track record in terms of um, not having been hacked or have not having lost any uh, any of the currencies in the past. Sure. So there's a whole lot, whole host of things to to consider as well. Sure, sure. Meantime, Binance has advised users in Singapore to seize all related trades, withdraw fiat assets and redeem tokens by noon October 26 to avoid potential trading disputes. And some, of course, will have to incur those coin transfer fees to move their coins to other exchanges. Next up, let's take a look at what the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission is largely expected to approve, and that is a Bitcoin ETF that invests in futures contracts. The approval expected later this month. Applications from ProShares, Invesco, Vanek, Valkyrie, they're all primed to get the go-ahead. So the crypto market, the hodlers at least, have long awaited such approval, which is some say is behind Bitcoin's current bullish run. Krishna, the question for you, could this attempt succeed where others have failed? Um, I, th- I think it's a lot more complicated than, um, than, 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 than we actually um, discern from, uh, from the headlines because, you know, having the, um, the, the futures contracts and, you know, having them uh, packaged uh, through an ETF actually requires a, um, uh, you know, an entire ecosystem Around the um, uh, the support and the the liquidity and the trade as well as the, the prime brokerage, if you like, and I'm not quite sure if that's that's there at the moment. 
um, and obviously you'd have uh, pretty high um, uh, Bitcoin leverage as well, or rather low leverage, meaning uh, you know wouldn't be getting the same types of margins that you would get on other commodities. I actually think that Gensler, in trying to steer it towards a futures uh, Bitcoin uh, ETF, mm-hmm. uh, is perhaps maybe trying to uh, you know get a, a, a bit of the uh, the regulatory muscle uh, that um, currently the uh, the um, CFTC actually have the uh, Commodities uh, uh, Futures and Trading uh, Trades Com- Commission, which have uh, you know to date uh, been um, the uh, the sole uh, regulator of uh, of Bitcoin. But then I think once it gets a classified as an ETF, then you'd have the SEC coming in as well. So I think we should not discount a bit of. Um, political maneuvering amongst the regulators as well, certainly as far as the U.S. is concerned. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just going to say that because um, it's not as if Bitcoin ETFs are, are, are new. Um, and um, if you look at uh, even ProShare, I think in June as well, earlier this year, they had uh, uh, effectively tried to um, mimic a, 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 the futures uh, uh, a futures contract um methodology as well and you know in canada as well has got a very good um uh system where the um the bitcoin etfs have got uh, the right type of uh, custody ship uh that's with gemini um and you know they, they they seem to be working very efficiently so uh, i think we've also got to look at some of the tax implications um i know fidelity has been pushing really hard to uh to have uh um, have a, um, a 401k uh, tax status uh, granted to uh, Bitcoin ETFs as well. So there's a lot of push, definitely for sure, amongst the big financial institutes, um, institutions that actually need uh, to uh, to be part of the action, if you like. So I think uh, the Van Eck CEO, Jan Van Eck, said it, put it mm-hmm. quite well. He said SEC could be concerned about the potential for discrepancies between Bitcoin and future prices, the potential for funds to get too large, and push limits mm-hmm. on how many contracts they can own, and the risk of cross-border investment. I mean, does this boil down to the SEC wanting transparency when it comes to regulatory control in the Bitcoin market? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, you know, if, if, if I'm if I'm being less kind, I would say that uh, really trying to muscle in on the uh, uh, on on the whole regulatory uh, oversight, if you like, uh, over Bitcoin uh, per se. I'm, I'm not talking about the other cryptocurrencies and those that are deemed as securities, but mm-hmm. I'm just referring to Bitcoin that has been um, classified as a commodity, if you like. And uh, so the CS, CFTC has uh, has had the um, um, oversight over that, and you know, it's um, it, it it there is a, there is a power play for sure, um, and and I think the because for me, the Bitcoin futures ETF, you know, it's still still pretty nascent, and and I think it might end up in tears uh, because the, the the ecosystem is just not uh, set up for uh, uh, for that type of trading amongst. Um, amongst uh, the institutional traders, even the institutional traders and the uh, sophisticated retail. Interesting. If we take a step back, I mean, can you help us understand a little bit about what we mean by a Bitcoin futures ETF? So this is a synthetic product. Um, Mm -hmm. What is the difference between the existing Grayscale GBTC or Grayscale Bitcoin Trust and this possible ETF? 
Yeah, so Grayscale, uh, you know, they were ahead of their time, and uh, when when they got permission to uh, um, to invest in um, in the various uh, cryptocurrencies, they they had issues on the custody ship, uh, which basically meant that it would not be as um, as easy for one to just um, liquidate one's position in in the shares of an ETF, for example, uh, if if you were um, if, if you had a position with uh, with Grayscale, so Grayscale had that um, slight uh, kink, if you like, in terms of how um, one would invest uh, with them. Uh, I, in fact, they too are, I think, in the uh, the list of applicants who which want to uh, to get Bitcoin uh, ETFs uh, full and proper. Uh, but as you know, the uh, the Grayscale Trust has got exposure to uh, a lot more other currencies as well. Um, and but then when you look at the futures contracts, I think um, the futures contracts, uh, Bitcoin futures uh, ETF is, um, is is really as synthetic as it gets because, you know, you're dealing with um, futures contracts, which um, which in a sense kind of have to roll over every month, uh, especially if you front month it. Which so means there's that, that contango you know, issue, right? Contango yes. lead. Yeah, that's right. Because... You know, it's um, it's a give, and I, I, to be fair, the contangent uh, bleed is um, you know it, it afflicts almost all commodities uh, these days, which is really the prices just keep going higher and higher, and you are um, you're you're kind of like chasing a uh, a moving target, mm. uh, and so you know one way to one way to rationalize it would be at least I'm getting some exposure into onto this uh, asset class as opposed to not having it at all. So I think uh, that's how some of the managers would uh, would rationalize it, but um, you know it's that you, you can imagine. I mean, you, you raised a good point about the con- uh, contango issue as well as uh, you know the the ecosystem around the futures contracts, right? So I, I just wonder why it is uh, it's kind of being um, um, force fed, if you like, um, in, into um, into the general financial markets at this point of time. Yeah, so, you know, it's the investor that could get caught in the roll mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. lose get nickel and dimed by that, that steep contango roll. Um, mm-hmm. When we look at a possible futures, Bitcoin futures ETF, what does this mean uh, on the books for crypto markets, the Bitcoin market in particular? Well, you know, it's, it's definitely going to give a lot of, um, it's going to be a fillip to the uh, uh, to the investment community because you'll have uh, you'll have some of the uh, uh, the funds that have been on on the, on the sidelines now being able to uh, invest in uh, having a mandate on public securities and now being able to invest in these ETFs. So that will be a a positive. Um, then you would also have uh, those physical ETFs which would actually need to um, buy the uh, the actual. Uh, um, bitcoins as well, for instance, if it's a Bitcoin ETF, so that's going to that's going to have an inflationary uh, uh, impact on the uh, on on the price of Bitcoin. If uh, if all of a sudden you have not only a whole host of ETFs that have been uh, granted approval, but you have a whole set of funds, you know, like the Fidelities and the Vanguards of the world, now looking at this being a uh, a good mutual fund alternative for the. Uh, 401k um, investees. And so is it mainly Wall Street that benefits these funds that you mentioned largely from a Bitcoin futures ETF? Who stands to benefit the most? 
I think I think the general community as a whole, right? Because you know, if if you know if you're holding onto a Bitcoin, for example, and you're long on it, and you're just going to just sit on it, um, I I can only imagine that this is going to um, just drive more interest and 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 drive more uh, um, uh, awareness and uh, and education being directed into uh, not only the into the asset class but also into the ecosystem. So. I, it, I think it's beneficial all, all around, right? Because the market has somewhat priced in the the ETFs already, mm. right? So I'm, I'm, I don't think we're going to see a massive hike just because uh, a couple of ETFs get approved. Um, and, you know, it's not as if ETFs have not been approved in the past, um, putting aside the, the, the Bitcoin futures ETFs. Uh, so I think... I think we have a pretty good situation with more awareness. It's great that the regulators are now thinking about how this will impact existing regulations because, you know, most of their regulations are archaic and, uh, and old in, 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 in the sense that they have not really catered for the, uh, the dynamism of, uh, of this digital currency uh, avalanche. All right. I think we're looking to October 18th for um, a, an ETF to be approved. We'll, we'll check it out. And of course, we'll, we'll share it with listeners should that happen. I want to move on to Jamie Dimon's comments, chairman and CEO of JP Morgan. Jamie Dimon says he thinks that Bitcoin is worthless. He said, it makes no difference to me. Our clients are adults. They disagree. That's what makes markets. So if they want to have access to buy yourself Bitcoin, we can't custody it, but we can give them legitimate as clean as possible access. He also said, I've always believed it'll be made illegal someplace like China made it illegal. So I think it's a little bit of fool's gold. So Jamie Dimon thinks crypto is worthless. Regulation could lead things to go to zero. Your reaction, Krishna? Well, you know, Jamie's a character. We all know that. Um, you know, he was also very quick to uh, kind of put a proviso at, at the end of that statement. I think he said that he also thinks that smoking is bad. Uh, but uh, it doesn't mind it if, if people do smoke in that sense. Mm. Uh, I, I actually think that uh, um, we have been through this. Uh, um, you know, we have seen it as well over the years. It's uh, it's uh, in the eyes of the beholder, if you like. You know, the perceived mm. value of the of the currency, and and actually, um, I think it's somewhat um, flippant for him uh, for 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 someone of his position to be uh, making a comment like that because. It's uh, you. You cannot deny uh, certainly the mind share that all these regulators around the world, and um, and, and certainly a lot of the investors that have been uh, giving this uh, particular and this specific uh, asset, uh, digital asset, uh, and for him to say it's worthless, I think you know, mm. uh, pretty flippant. Um, but um, I think we have come to uh, expect that from uh, Jamie to an extent, and. But the other thing is, uh, you notice that you know the the price of Bitcoin didn't really move at all. Yes, right? so yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> so you know, I think the market is pretty smart, and uh, the, uh, the the price action is no longer impacted by statements by even Elon Musk, right, or or, or the likes of uh, um, second tier commentators like uh, Diamond.
Interesting. Well, thank you so much, Krishna, for your thoughts and for joining us today. Krishna Ramachandra, Senior Partner, Head of Corporate Finance, Blockchain and Digitalization with Law Firm, Dwayne Morrison Selvam, Chairman of Selvam LLC, and uh, also the Senior Advisor to the Global Blockchain Foundation and Chairman of the Helix Initiative. I managed Krishna's titles all in one breath today. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here on Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.